Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. You are listening to A Relevant Ramble. If you are new, A Relevant Ramble is when Kiki and I discuss a relevant topic to higher education or just something of our choosing. So this one is kind of slightly off of our written path for our big overall episodes, but these are kind of fun for us, and we just like to engage in dialogue. So for this episode, we are going to discuss this article from the U.S. News and World Report, and it's entitled International College Freshman uh, Mistakes to Avoid. So since we're talking about everything international, like studying abroad, working abroad, going to school in the U.S., going to school outside of the U.S., we thought that this would be a relevant topic to touch upon. And Kiki and I were perusing some of these tips we wanted to share. I know I have a lot of international students that I work with, and I know that a lot of this um, this information that they u- have utilized in the past, too. And I know, Kiki, you have some international students, too. So mm-hmm. we just wanted to share this. It's information that is also both ways. International, meaning if you're coming into the United States, and if you're a U.S. Um, domestic person <laughs> um, traveling out, <laughs> trying to find my words. If you're a U.S. citizen going to another country, these are mm-hmm. very beneficial as well if you're going for your first year. So let's talk about a couple of these tips that they have. The first one is mistake number one, not booking flights for orientation or move-in. And this one I cannot stress enough. It's so important for you to get there for orientation or even before a little before if you can because there's, it's just a big it's a big adjustment you're adjusting mm-hmm. to maybe you don't speak the 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 language of that country that country or you're there's definitely different cultures and different uh, ways that things are run so you need to get that adjustment you don't want to arrive late and then just be overwhelmed it's a big transition so be there a little early if you can, but especially be there for orientation. You're going to meet new people. You're going to meet people that are in the same boat as you, that are newbies, so you can make some good friends and you guys keep an eye out for each other and be mm-hmm. learning together and exploring together so you're not by yourself. You don't want to be in a, a new country, new environment all by yourself. So be there, be ready, and talk to people. <laughs> what do you think, Kiki? I do agree with that too. I mean, I think for anything, like just, just be early as early as possible, just to, you know, acclimate yourself. But mistake number two is forgetting to call home when you arrive. I mean, I think that's self-explanatory, whether you're traveling two hours away, whether you're traveling 24 hours away, you want your family and your family wants to know that you arrived wherever you're getting to safely. So, you know, the article is saying, just make sure that you have Wi-Fi, you can either, you know, if you want to call, if you want to email, send a text, just something to let, you know, your family, let friends know, let somebody that's back home know that you've made it safely. So, you know, you can ease any stress that they may have of sending their their child, their student, you know, across country um, and just, you know, being sure that you can be in touch with your family at different points throughout your travels. I would even add on to that too. Do research of people from your country going to the country that you're going to to see what issues they may have when they touch the ground. The first time I went to, oh, this was terrifying. 
Warren went to Paris for work. Mm-hmm. And then I went down there to meet him three days later. And my phone was not working. Mm-hmm. And thank God it was random for me. I wrote down the address to the hotel. And, but I was just going to rely on the Wi-Fi there, but my Wi-Fi wasn't working. My phone was not working. I barely spoke French. I knew a tiny bit of French. I was <laughs> trying to lean heavy on the Google Translate. Yeah, and then of all scary. things, the taxi driver, I was like, oh, uh, parlez-vous anglais? He was like, no. I said, oh, <laughs> I'm a die. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> but thank goodness, honestly, it was all God because Warren called me like 10 minutes later. And I said, what are the odds the phone call went through? Uh, and he's like, yeah, right. you have to do this and you have to do this to your phone. So long story short, check and see if you touch down in a certain place that there's something you have to do with your phone or maybe purchase a phone in the airport or like a SIMS card or whatever it is that they have mm-hmm. those in the airport. You're going to need those so you're not stranded. So- yeah. Even, even simpler than that, I would just say check your carrier providers, yeah. like international calling information. That's a good point. Yes. Yes, that's a good one. Mistake number three, not getting money changed. So that's a good one. I know in the United States, for certain banks, you can actually go to the bank yourself and get it exchanged. You just have to double check with them to see the kind of currency you're looking for. Uh, They will charge you a little bit of a percentage, yes, but it's good to have some cash before you go. Because if you go to a different country or what have you, maybe some places only rely on taxis that only rely on cash. Some countries are just straight up cash. Some countries are really heavy with their um, just using credit cards, but you don't know that. So it's always good just to have a little bit of cash on you um, for that country. So you're just ready to go and you're not running into any problems once you set foot on the ground. So always be prepared. And I would say at that point too, like making like calling your bank too and like making sure that your bank knows you're traveling like so if like Kemi said if you are trying to use a credit card or a debit card somewhere your block your bank may flag it because they're like you're not in a normal your normal location so again just making sure that you are in t- touch with like any of your like phone company your banks um so that they know that you're out of the country and that there's a reason that you're you know making purchases there but moving on, mm, moving on to mistake number four, it says letting jet lag overwhelm you. Now I've only been I've only been someplace that had a like a three hour time difference, so I'm not I haven't I haven't experienced like full jet lag before. But I've heard it is it is overwhelming. Rough. I've heard yeah, I've heard it's rough. So kind of back to the, the first point of getting there early for like orientation and moving, but like getting there early so you can adjust to the time difference. Um, just being able to, you know, get your rest or like not feel like you have to, like you only have two days to adjust before orientation. So if you're able to get there earlier, you know, hopefully, like we said, you've made proper arrangements to have your housing situated and all that stuff. So you can come in, you can arrive and just have maybe a few days to to adjust so that, you know, once it's time to start doing things, you can start doing things. Like I asked him before we before we started recording. What did I ask you? Like, how early can you get there? Wherever country you're going, you know, wherever if you're coming from or coming to the U.S., I should say, or you know, I'm saying, right? thank you. You know, is it? Can you come at a certain time, or how early can you come? Like I said, yeah, because of visa, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, just if you can prepare as soon as possible, do that so that you aren't going to your classes sleepy, you aren't going to orientation sleepy. Like you want to be present and participating in things. So 
Get there early if you can and don't let jet lag get the best of you. The next mistake is missing course registration. This is if you are new and this is if you are a current student, set your alarm and register for those classes. (laughs) This is like a sensitive topic for me because this is every (laughs) semester. I'm just sending emails and when I see them like, hey, you register? What's going on? (laughs) What's going on? Why are we smiling? What are we doing? Sit down. (laughs) Computer, let's go. Go, Why are we smiling? Really. But college, colleges send out emails like in plenty of time to let students know about registration. Yeah. So I know where Kimmy's frustrations come from. <laughs> yes. And it's just when the class is filled, then they're like, they come to me and like, oh, my class is filled. Can you slip me in there? I'm like, I mm-hmm. can't do that, honey. That's mm-hmm. what I was trying to say. You got to mm-hmm. get there and you got to hurry up. Exactly. But especially if you are brand new, again, you just want this off your list so it's not one of those lingering tasks that need to get done. If you're going to study abroad, the main reason why you're there is you're studying to go to class. So let's get this thing done. The moment that your registration is open or when your university tells you to register, because some register in different formats and different timelines, but whenever they tell you to sign up for the class, try to do that as much as possible, I mean, as quickly as possible, so you assure that you have your seat that you need. Because also, let's say they have different sections for one class. If you get to pick what time you get to go to class, some students might want want to go to a class that's maybe at 10 a.m. versus a class that maybe is at like 5 p.m. You can get your choice if you register early. Just do that so you don't have to sweat. You don't have to run and try to figure things out. Just try to get that done. That's what you're there for. Get it done as soon as possible. And then if you have any questions about maybe like uh, transfer, paying for your courses, like if the if you're paying in one currency and then you're paying tuition in a different currency, speak to the accounts office early so you can get that information of how to wire your money and all that information. That's a really good one. And that's for anybody. Registration as early as possible is a tip for anybody, no matter what school you're going to, no matter where you live, just register classes as soon as you can. Yes. But tip number or mistake number six is buying all books from the school bookstore. Again, this is tips for anybody. Um, but textbooks are really expensive. If you are engineering majors, if you're science majors, like they're expensive for anybody. But those like STEM majors, the books can cost $150, $200, $300. Not joking. So you don't have to buy all your books from the bookstore. I know, I think, Kimmy, I mentioned it before, like we used Chegg in college. Like that was a really big, I think it was like just coming around when we were in school. But Chegg, you can rent your textbooks or you can buy used textbooks. Um, I know where I work, we have a used bookstore like off of campus. So there are other ways, like there are websites you can use. Um, I know school libraries sometime, sometimes will have the textbooks you need. If you ask your instructor or your professor, they may be willing to give you a code for like a free trial or they may be willing to hook you, give you a copy. Yeah. Hook you up with something. Your peers. Like if you say, if you go, um, Jacqueline, you know, I'm just making up a student's name. Jacqueline, can you please let me copy <laughs> chapter one and two? I mean, you may, you may have, you may be annoying, but if there's some way you can not have to buy, you know, spend a whole lot of money on textbooks, do it. Be resourceful, basically. So don't think you have to buy all, all your textbooks from your campus bookstore. No one's going to be offended if you don't. Find, find the books that you need for an inexpensive price. And one more tip that's in here, too, I'll say. Just make sure that the ISBN 
Yes. It's correct. That's like the code on the back, like the scan, the, the barcode on the back. Just make sure it's correct because you want to have the correct, ber- correct version of that book. Yes. I was just going to tag that too. Make sure you get that mm. used or more affordable book, but make sure it's the same code because you don't mm. want that. That's definitely happened before. I think where I had one friend, they had an old book and we needed to complete some questions. So the question are different. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, Ooh, what you going to do? So that's very important. Mistake number seven. So this mistake, actually, we've heard several of the people that we interviewed for this this whole international series. A lot of them, of them actually spoke of this mistake. And it's making friends only with freshmen or students from your country. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them said, like, yeah, make sure you step outside of your comfort zone and make friends with the people that are in that country itself. Mm-hmm. So you're getting to know the culture, the language. You're actually immerse, um, like immer- immersing yourself versus you're just... Like if I'm from the United States and just in a U.S. version of a, a, like a study abroad program or something, you know what I mean? Um, live in that experience. And you're also learning information, more information about the country. And also people from the country give you better tips, too, in terms of like, oh, this is how you navigate. This is what you got to do. This, mm-hmm. You want to thrive over here? This is what you got to do. So get in good with different people, you know, and I think. That's the beautiful part about college or studying or traveling international, if you're able to do so, is shifting your perspective, growing, becoming more humble, more reflective of yourself and how you can be a global citizen and how you can help others and how you fit into this large puzzle of a world. So do that. Take advantage of that. Be bold. Even if you're an introvert like I am, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. It's true. I would even... um. I would harp off of that too. So when I studied abroad, I stayed, I, had, I did a homestay. And so I got to live with a family in Costa Rica. So that's the same thing. I feel like a lot of the students that I, because people I went with from Elon, there was like 20 of us. So we all were in different homestays. And a lot of times they'd be like, we're going out tonight. Like who wants to hang out and go, you know, wherever. But it was like with each other. And that was great. But we spent like all day to, like with each other. So at the end of the day, like I often... First of all, it's not my, my not my scene really. But secondly, I wanted to like get to know my family. Like I was like really close to the little girl that lived there, their like granddaughter and stuff. So like getting to know the family, like they invited me to church with them one one night to like for a Christmas play. I got to go to like their family, like you know another family's house. So I feel like if you do experience a, ho- a homestay, like the point Kemi made is is like totally perfect. Like if you are there, like make friends. But if you have the opportunity to do a homestay. Like, get to know that family as well. Um, at some points, it's, like, unavoidable. Like, you have to eat dinner with them, you know? Like, you have to eat dinner or things like that. So take advantage of that because if you're going to a country that has a different language, you're learning the language, you're getting to practice the language, but also it's just showing respect and, like, that you are grateful that they're hosting you. You know, they didn't have to do that. And to, you know, want to get to know the family and be around them really, like I said, like, just shows respect. And it's also really gratifying to know that, you know, there's somebody there that you can, after a long day, like you have that family who becomes your family to, to come home to. Mistake number eight is not handling your financial issues. Um, so this kind of goes off of what we said to like making sure that your bank knows that you're traveling, like making sure that you know how to open up a bank account if you're able to. Um, so I guess this may be more, well, it's, it goes either way. If you're maybe for more students that are like coming to the U.S., like being able to open up a bank account, because it does mention here, well, I guess you might not have a social security number, but just knowing what you need to do 
if you need to get a bank account. Maybe you know more about this, like. Yeah. So usually, no, uh, lightly. So usually, if the international students' office, they'll have an orientation and they'll let students know how you can open up a bank account、mm-hmm. or how you can even get like a ID, because you, because that's the first thing everybody's、mm-hmm. like, oh, do I need an SSN for this for this? And even I didn't know until these answers like arose, and I was like, oh, I guess you can. So there, usually your international students' office will will navigate you through that process. So that's why it's also great to get there early, so you don't have to be stressing out like the week that、mm. classes start, trying to get,、right. get money, trying to find out where you're living, you know. So get there early, so you can just not sweat, not sweat out, get that taken care of, because that's very important. It also mentions too,、um, making sure, like, so I guess you know, with the financial part, like the bank account. But also making sure you know what your expenses are, because like housing,、yes. how are you going to live? How are you going to eat? And I think we talked about before, maybe with Susanna, like the whole process is like your family has to be able, you have to be able to prove that you can afford to live here. This kind of goes to what we talked about. I think our last relevant ramble, which is like budgeting. How are you going to budget to live wherever you are? Whether you're coming to the U.S., whether you're leaving from the U.S., going somewhere else, like you have to budget those things. Because like like I said, you may study abroad. They may give you like a stipend, or you may have money from whatever to pay for it. But is that money supposed to last you the whole time you're there?、Right. You know, how long is that money going to last? So making sure you're budgeting for your housing, for food. If you want to go out, if you want to buy like trinkets, what do they call <laughs> like souvenirs and things like that? You know, make sure you set money aside for all those things so that you don't have to worry about. You know, spending all of your money and kind of being just lost when you, you know, if you run out of things. If you're studying abroad, you're usually not going there to work. And if you're an international student coming to the U.S., you often can't work off campus. No, yeah, you, you usually、right. can't. You can't work off campus unless maybe you have like a paid internship. And then okay, where right. I, where I work. We have like a budget in each department, and then with that, for international students, yeah, that they can do、okay. it that way. But it's not like the usual work work. It's different, right? Yeah. So that's exactly, not, that's not all schools. So I'm gonna say that too. Just yeah, yeah.、But. That's. I mean, I could I could imagine that's general. So yeah, just making sure again, like Kimmy said, just doing things early so that you don't have to worry about this. Like when you get to wherever you're going, and you know it's been taken care of. Yeah, and then even try to get an understanding of the currency to currency ratio, so that、mm-hmm. way, like, because maybe you're like, "Ooh, I'm big balling here where I am," and then like you go over there, you're like, "Ooh, I can barely afford a bag of peanuts." So、right. <laughs> make sure make sure you know because that currency rate exchange, man. Depending on where you're coming from, you can live like a king, or <laughs> but if you're going somewhere else, you can be poor. So, right, it's true.、Know. Yeah, it's true. I've traveled some places where I was like, "Man, I I'm cooking meals tonight."、Mm-hmm. Versus if I go somewhere else, I'm like, "Oh, I can buy a meal." <laughs> like I'm eating out every day. So, mistake number nine. So this one is taking advice only from international students. So I'll unpack here the kind of statement that they say here. So it's saying students may receive incorrect information from their peers. On important aspects of maintaining their visa status, students should always check with a school official for questions about employment, full-time course load, and travel. So that's very、mm. important. So this mistake isn't like, don't talk to your friends that are international for certain advice. This is more in terms of your visa, which is very, very important. This is a large part of like what I do too. Is if a student talks to me, they're like, "Oh, I want to graduate on this date. How many courses do I have to take?" Because per the visa status, 
you need to see what full-time status means at your school. Mm-hmm. So that could, that could mean taking three classes each semester, for example. If you fall below that, then that doesn't, um, you don't meet the requirement for your visa so that you could get in trouble that way. So these are things, if you want to really plan from point A to point B, I want to graduate, I want an internship at this time, what could this look like? Meet with the international student's office, and you'll probably also have to meet with your academic advisor to see how your course load will match up. Also meet with your the ISSO office if you have questions about traveling, if you're going to leave the United States, you ha- might have to get your I-20 signed off. So that is very important information to make sure that you are okay. And I'm assuming the same thing if you're like a U.S. citizen and you're in a different country, there's different visas, different requirements, so what, so have you. Still check in with the International Students Office so you can make sure that you're not breaking the law by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not just roaming these streets and I don't know where you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm getting these emails and something's not right. So right. Just check in. It's always better to be safe than sorry. Just double check. If your friend says this thing, just double check. Just go double check for good measure. All right. And the last one is mistake number 10, being under-involved or over-involved. Again, this is something just for any anybody. And this article we mentioned is target, targeted towards first year students, freshmen. Um, but that's just, I feel like this is just a general rule of thumb for anybody in the article or in this, the student says she joined six clubs in her first semester. That's a lot. Like you, anytime you're, this is your first time in college, it is overwhelming. You are having to adjust to college life, adjust to a new independence. And imagine you throw in being an international student in whatever sense that means. You have to adjust to a whole new culture, new people, a new environment. So it's really just kind of mentioning get involved. They want, they're not saying don't get involved, you know, but make sure you have a good balance of your involvement, your school life, and your personal life so that you can make sure that you're balancing your own. It is mentioned, it mentions mental health. And I know it's a, a huge topic, it's very true. Um, you don't want to be, you know, so overwhelmed or so involved that you can't attend to your schoolwork or you don't have time for your friends or your family, but you also don't want to be under-involved as to where you're not making friends, you're not getting, you're not, you know, making those new experiences. So it's a really good point. And again, that, that really just goes for anybody going into their first year. You want to make sure that you are learning how to have a, a proper balance of your work, your school, your personal life. I think something I would add to this list too is while you're studying abroad, try to take advantage of any kind of cultural events that are going on during different times of the year. Mm -hmm. So something that's been kind of cool in January, I have a lot of students that uh, don't really have snow where they're from. So Mm -hmm. a lot of them have like signed up by the droves to go ice skating. I'm terrified of ice skating. (laughs) But a lot of them have done that because it's just something different for them. Mm -hmm. So I would challenge you to try something different. Go to like maybe like a different kind of festival that they have. Try a different kind of activity that you usually wouldn't experience at home. Right. So I would say try that. And then I had another one. What was it? Oh, before you travel to a different country, whether you're coming to the U.S. or going to another country outside of the U.S., do some research on the cultural norms of that society. It's not going to be the same exact thing of how you operate. So, for example, we do we do a lot of tipping here in the United States. Some countries mm-hmm. don't tip. Um, maybe there could be some mannerisms that may come off as being offensive when you don't. But usually, it's nothing to you back from where you're from. Right. 
So try to do some research on that just so you make sure you're navigating things appropriately. And will you make a mistake? Yes, you will. But it's Mm -hmm. okay. You're you're learning in that process. But just do some research so you are prepared. Yeah. Very true. And I was going to say, too, like a big mistake, don't just go abroad to just be a party animal. Like I know, especially for, I just think of students from the U.S. going to other countries you know, they're of legal age, you know, when they go oh, yeah. to Europe or things like that. Um, that's not the point. Like, you, you can go do that. We're not saying don't enjoy yourself, but you have to be responsible. Like, you don't want to get caught in another country doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, just make sure you're around the right crowd of people. Use your judgment that hopefully your parents raise you to have. Just, again, be responsible. Um, you know, have fun. Like Kimmy said, you know, culturally, there might be things that are different in another country that, you know, we're just not accustomed to or you're not accustomed to. And you're like, oh, I want to try this. Just again, use your judgment. Um, use your <laughs> use your common sense that that we know you have. So just make sure, I guess, to end this, make sure you're studying abroad for the right reasons. Um, again, take these things into account when you are traveling to another country because um, you you do want to make there will be mistakes along the way. We're not saying none of these will happen because it's possible that they will happen. But hopefully these are just things that you can take into account when you do travel abroad. Just make sure that you have the best experience possible because maybe you want to do it again later and you you'll be a pro. Maybe by that time you can do it again and pass on the knowledge. Yes. And thank you, everyone, for listening to our Relevant Ramble this week. We have rambled it up and wrapped it up to the end this way. Thank you for listening in. If you would like to show us some love with a donation, you are more than welcome to click on the link in the show notes. Please make sure to send us an email of some things you would like to listen to or if you have any helpful feedback or just say hello. Thanks again, guys, and take care, and we'll see you in the next one. See you. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also, show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.